Winches and scallywags, rugrats over 18 years of age, prudes avert your ears and eyes. The Asylum Studio brings to you a show to bend your mind and implode your morals. Ethics be damned. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Chaos and Disorder. The long national nightmare is over. You are welcome, everybody. Your boy, the host with the most, the talent, Rick Flieger, is back, baby, on Chaos and Disorder. And, of course, joined, as always, by my octogenarian friend, the bygone bloviator, the old man, Mr. Rick Briggs, and joined by, of course, the love child of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Sideshow Bob, our <laughs> producer, Mr. Alejandro Finkelstein. Welcome back in. Check out everything on the, uh, over on the interwebs, uh, at whoa. Chaos and Disorder on the tweeters, Chaos and Disorder Pod on Facebook, and I still don't care about the Gmail account. Chaos and Disorder Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, still don't care. Keep them coming. Who cares? You don't look at it anyway. Well, no. No, I really don't. It's mainly just dick pics from what I understand, and so I don't don't want to check that out. But they're from ghosts of Dick Buckus and so forth. They pictures autograph of themselves. That's you know what it is. You know, I might check that. Dick out. McAuliffe. You know, I mean, you know, they're dead, but they still sign the e- emails. It's really cool. <laughs> so hold on, dead people are physically signing well, yeah. electronic mail. Well, sure, they can get in. Their spirits, they can get in well, that's electronically. True. That's I mean, it's, true. it's cool. That's true. So. Yeah. Can you see the pen floating in there? Actually, I saw Dick Buckus do it. It was kind of, although he's not dead, Dick McCullough, excuse <laughs> me. It, it was, um, yeah, it was kind of like um, the the curse of, like, on the, what is it, the Declaration of Independence, you know, the John Hancock. Oh. It's really cool. Yeah, I'll to show it to you yeah, sometime. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to send that my way. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Don't open anything from him. <laughs> whatever, yeah, yeah whatever we've learned do. that, yeah. Are you trying to say it was a big dick signature? No, actually, it wasn't that big. Oh, that's surprising. But you wouldn't say that to his face. No, not we're not always floating around in computers. <laughs> you better believe I wouldn't. Thank the band and the other. I there. am. Got, I'm chomping at the bit here. I've, I've got. Just things. have a sip of your little, you know what drink. And, oh, we'll uh, get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, we will get to that. Rest Trust easy. me. My little. <clears throat> Anyway, thanks to Andy Frampton for bringing us in. Um, I guess Alejandro still hasn't gotten any kind of future schedule of him. Hopefully, if, yeah. What is this? this hopefully, we may be able to lure him in studio in next studio. month. Yes, in in here, yes, in and we studio we B. even warned him. Okay, not to come because he'd be disappointed, and he goes, "I don't care." What's he going to be doing here? You two like shacking up together or something? Well, he said that uh, he would come up. We could do an interview. Uh, one of his things on TikTok and Facebook is beer reviews. Yeah, we're going to review beer. What beer? We'll decide that later, okay? Oh, okay. Maybe a lemonade. Who knows? Yeah, I'm yeah, sure so he'll want to do Larry's lemonade. Hold, you're skipping to the end of the book. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah. Nobody's going to care, trust me. <laughs> Oh, maybe he can tell us about his life and times on the road as a professional wrestler and comedian. Where does he live? West Virginia. Oh, so it's not that far. Do you know what town? um, Right outside, I want to, it's not Charlotte, no, not Charlotte. That's in North Carolina, I'm pretty sure. Charleston, yes. 
I think he lives outside okay, Charleston. Okay, that is the capital of the state, you know. <laughs> no, he no, thought no. <laughs> he thought Charlotte was the okay. state the capital of. <laughs> even I knew that. I was going to say Boise, but that really didn't sound. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's in Idaho. Either. I'm given to understand. So, but you're getting you're getting there. And real rival lovers, thanks for the music. You can find them on Twitter at real rival lovers, and of course, you can find them on Bandcamp. Are they going to come in studio? Probably not. not. We could just do like a live session. Not in studio, but we are trying to convince them to come on. Oh. We're, I noticed we're trying to do a lot of convincing, and yet it's just our three dumb asses in the studio. Well, no, <laughs> it's actually we are making a lot of progress th- fighting through all of your negativity of, I just want to bloviate on my microphone. Well, that is what I like to do. It's kind of my thing. Right. The but- talent. Yeah. But Andy has said that he would love to come on. Uh, Mike T from Dead Sled Coffee would like to come on. Um, and and your boy Billiam. Oh, is he going to bring sandwiches? Maybe some poutine. Oh, I do like poutine. That makes me happy. Yeah, and let's it, start with him. Those other okay. guys, fine. But let's be, start. Well, well, what if they bring food too? Yeah, if uh, <laughs> if if the coffee guy brings poutine, he's in. How about that? Fair, fair. I wonder if you could put coffee on poutine. Well, you can certainly drink coffee with poutine. I mean, I, I, I got to start drinking coffee. I mean, I don't want to sprinkle coffee on any food, but I'll certainly drink. Well, they coffee. make like coffee ice cream, so you could probably eat it otherwise. Was that red? Is it red eye chili or something like that? They use coffee in it. Don't know. Yeah. See, you should feel feel foolish now. We've already that quickly given you two examples of how horrific, but horrifically I don't think wrong you were. Coffee ice cream has coffee grounds in it. It, it has might. coffee. You don't, you don't know. You that know, it's it brewed coffee, and they well, I never suggested in. putting coffee grounds in the poutine. But didn't he just say, "Could you put coffee on poutine?" I mean, you certainly could put it on. It might taste like <laughs> shit. But, yeah. well, but didn't he just say that? Yeah. Yeah, but again, yes. you, you keep going to ground. You could actually dump some coffee in it. Coffee Maybe every, make the gravy with you're coffee. You're right. Everybody does do that. I forgot. I had forgotten that that's you what don't people know. do. You've still never had poutine. How do you know? It might be 80% coffee. you got no freaking idea. So you've had poutine, though, right? Several times. And there's been plenty of coffee slopped up in the bottom of, of your plate or well, bowl, right? It's that or gravy. I'm not sure which <laughs> right. it is. I don't drink coffee. Gotcha. I don't know what it tastes like. So I am thrilled to be back. I got to give God, you guys so some credit. The I don't think that was sincere. <laughs> in my opinion, the impossible happened, and the show actually got recorded and Yay! went over the air. I... I of course it did. Stunned by this. <laughs> we weren't. I really were. You will be stunned to know also that I listened to the show. Every word of the show. Yay! Every bit of it. And I took some notes. Good. So, it was a fair show. Kind of calm, kind of laid Actually, back. it was, uh, we had decided... Um, that it was probably the best of 2021 so far. You, you believe so, huh? Well, so, we know so. So was and it? And you know who else? Before you get into your notes, because I want—I don't want to interrupt on your notes uh, because I know you got copious amounts I of. I do them. have copious notes. <clears throat> All of last week, Janitor Mitch was in a good mood. 
You let him in here? Well, yeah, we He's cleaned creepy. up studio and everything. Yeah, I'm telling you, he was a, in a good mood. Guy's a lunatic. He's he, like a I mean, he was looking killer. around. He saw you weren't here, and all of a sudden, he started whistling. He whistled. Yeah, and then we start like that song from Deliverance. That's, yeah. that's kind of what. <laughs> and Alejandro kind of you know made an offhand comment, and he didn't like pick up the broom like he's going to hit him with it. He just answered him and kept right on going. Wow. Yeah. So what's that say? Then we have to fire him. <laughs> no, that you need to stay away because people <laughs> are in good moods. Yeah. So so in your opinion, you say the best show of 2021. Oh, obviously. It, was it uh, entertainment value? Was it information? Where, where do you think it really hit the mark? Just everything. Just us. So probably the most informative show of 2021. I never said that. You did. So I took some notes. So it wasn't bad. And again, the fact that it even exists was a stunner and I'm happy with. But a couple things. Uh, Mr. Finkelstein at one point makes, uh, makes this quote. Not a direct quote, but a quote. Oh, man, he really took notes. Talk about being bored. Jay Cutler was John Elway's first draft pick. You were close, being that Jay Cutler was drafted in 2006 and John Elway was hired as the GM in 2011, but what's five years among friends? I mean, five years isn't that bad. Sticking with the Broncos theme, (laughs) Tim Tebow. Tebow, the T-E or whatever that BS shtick you were trying to do. I believe it, it came off quite well. Yeah, I disagree. Tebow was a tight Tebow, end. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah, I didn't of care. Course. I didn't care for that. We don't whatsoever. care. We didn't do it for your benefit at all. In fact, we were hoping we could irritate you, and thankfully, you listened. Thank you very much. I, I listened to every word, and I listened to the words where Finkelstein declared very, very proudly and very convincingly that Tim Tebow took over for Peyton Manning after Peyton Manning left when, in fact, Tim Tebow was the quarterback in 2011 and Peyton Manning came to Denver in 2012. So I was but there, you're I getting was closer. You went from five years to one year. Here's my favorite one. As you two were having your Justin Fields and uh, Andy Dalton discussion, and it turned into a Matt Nagy discussion, and you two were lamenting the fact that Nagy had better get it together because he keeps just missing the playoffs when, in fact, last year in 2020, the Chicago Bears were in the playoffs and lost 21-9 to to the New Orleans Saints in the wild card And, and we did say that. No, you yeah, most no, certainly did, did not. No. no, I said that they missed by a game. Yes. Briggs probably said that they were in. Yeah. No, no, no. Briggs said they'd missed the playoffs last year, didn't they? And Finkelstein says, well, yeah, was, they missed by it a game because i no, couldn't no, quite no, remember no i listened back this morning well, to make fine, sure I that's fine and i will listen obviously and i'll record it and we can play it next week first of all you don't know how to record yes, it. I second do. of all you said that the chicago bears missed the playoffs and matt nagy okay, better so make it. so we were wrong on that big deal so my what is your point yeah, you're why you okay. drink um oh i'm sorry i can't say we're getting there we're yeah. getting there can I say the words that I called you? No, and oh. see now you're really reading ahead because I was going to ask him if you we could repeat those words because it makes him uncomfortable. Yeah, sure. What the heck? <laughs> Till he unplugs the computer. You can't say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And sure, and, go ahead. No, you can't. And this last one, I'm hesitant to bring up. 
because it, am, I, am I going over five? Yeah, well, probably. Okay. I, I hope there's a good explanation. Maybe it's the concussions, but this seemed like such a happy memory for you. I I almost hate to to take a swipe at it, but you were discussing that magical trip you took to Yankee Stadium, Yankee Stadium yep. and to see Big Hawk Andre Dawson's last game in Yankee Stadium. Yep. First of all, he was the Hawk, never Big Hawk, but that's nitpicky. Actually, we're not going to go the there. The Hawk was Ken Harrelson and Andre Dawson. Andre, but Hawk Ken Dawson. Harrelson was nobody knows the... who Woody Harrelson. This no, guy, is. I mean, if you if you want to sit here and nitpick, you have no clue of history. You're like these millennials. <laughs> I wasn't alive. Didn't happen. Hey. I don't know what Woody Harrelson has to do no, with Andre Ken Dawson. Ken Harrelson in, was the Hawk. Who was Ken Harrelson? I don't want to go for six. <laughs> See, go he on. doesn't know either, so you <laughs> well, look at him. That's true. All no, smugly and knowingly. He played baseball. I can't remember when he retired, but I'm going to say probably the 60s to either the late 70s, maybe early 80s, I'm guessing, something like that. Okay. I mean, it's not – too far from Andre Jaw- Dawson, but I do remember um, him being the Hawk too. Yeah. yeah, so so I love the how you still to this day smell the grass. I mean that was great broadcasting, Thanks. and you talked about the big Hawk tipping his cap in his last at bat at Yankee Stadium. Was it specifically last at bat? It's what you said. Yeah. Here's the I problem: it was the first at bat, big Hawk never played for the Yankees. Correct. And in his last year, he played for the Marlins. Yeah. So I'm a little concerned. I I hate to see, look, you can see the hurt in his face. I hesitated to bring that one up. Are you sure it was Big Hawk? I'm 100% that it was (laughs) Mr. Dawson. (laughs) Um, But he definitely wasn't. Actually, maybe it was the Marlins playing there, because I want to say Benito Santiago was there. Why would the Marlins play a late-season game? In Yankee Stadium. I I got nothing, but I <laughs> I I know it was I'm gonna look that up now. See, I, I hesitated to bring that one up. You look sad now. Or at least really confused really, that if any really of that confused. actually happened. Now I know it was him. Now, it could have been a couple years pl- prior when he played for the Red Sox. I don't know. That's what I've been telling myself. Oh, maybe it was the Red Sox. So were you in Fenway? Or no, in no, 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 no. It, it was Yankee Stadium, okay. but you were in Seattle, the Kingdom. You know, I don't think anybody's no. ever mistaken that for Yankee no, Stadium. No. Oh no! I, I will just... check, but man, I I was wrong. With Ken Harrelson, he he only played about ten years. It was in the sixties. He retired in the seventies. But yeah. you know so, Boston. But yeah, um, I should have known who he was when I was born in nineteen seventy seven. Yeah, I think there's a big difference between <laughs> Joe DiMaggio and Woody Harrelson. No, it's not Woody. That's Cheers. I do like that. In so a, it is a good show. Am I now off the, movie. Who off did the hook you, for Who did you like five? better? Yeah. Did you like okay. Diane better or who was Kirstie Alley? I forget who she played. Oh, what she, was her name? Uh, uh, oh, crap. I can't remember. But anyway, Shelley Long. Did you like Shelley Long or did you like Kirstie Alley and Cheers? Kirstie Alley was probably what the one I was more familiar with because she, she was later she was on. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd probably have to say her. 
if I had yeah, to pick. I think I would, too. I think it was just, I don't know, it was still kind of towards the end, even when I started watching. But even in reruns, they seem to show those ones more. So that's right. the one I'm more comfortable with, anyhow. I did so. like Coach. <laughs> Coach was a good Coach joke. Coach was funny. <laughs> Luther and Dauber. I, I oh, st- that's, no, that's the show, Coach. Oh, I mean, you, oh, you mean Coach, Coach on Cheers. Yeah, before uh, Woody took over right, because yeah. he passed away. Yeah, Coach was hilarious, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought we were just jumping to the show, show, Coach. That was a great show. (laughs) The one where where Luther comes in and he's all pissed off because he went to an all-you-can-eat pancake place and they threw him out. (laughs) (laughs) Not all you can eat. You got to watch it. I can't do it any justice. Oh, I know. And he always pulled his dog Quincy around (laughs) the wagon, a little bathroom. (laughs) But, hey, other than that, you guys did a great job. Very informative. Very topical. Well, good. I, I feel impressed. pretty good because you only bashed me one time, so I'm I'm okay. I'm, <laughs> and you, I'm all right. And you still deny. I, I'll take the review. Yeah. I'll take the review. Uh, ex- Thank you. Give us a yay show. there. Yeah. I like that. Yay! Hey, you know, five out of ten ain't bad. You know, nah, that's be not a Hall too of Famer in the MLB. I like that math. <laughs> o for five, and he got one compliment. Well, five, I mean, there was other things yeah. you didn't get wrong. I was already what prompted me to do this was the discussion of quarterback battles, and you kicked off with Jordan Love somehow. I don't know how we got there. No, we were trying to eliminate the Aaron Rodgers because that's not a battle if he's still right. in and Green it, Bay. Same with Deshaun Watson. And then yeah, you you know, and it took we you got guys, rid of those. It took you quick. guys a long time to get to new orleans and san francisco and i was ready to pounce i was actually well, they being were the honest, best ones i thought i was well exactly it yeah. took you a long no. time to get jacksonville there. was no, the best he's one. taught yeah <laughs> i had to wonder for a minute if he was serious i had I, to look he, back he got me well you listen to it he, <laughs> he got, got me got the you, first you, one. you're kidding me and then <laughs> okay now i know what you're doing but but so otherwise, a great vacation. Can't wait to do it again in a month. You want a recap of the vacation? I, I think that's very important. Well, considering if you want to, I don't really care. Well, you did say you had no prep, and there's not much I got to tons of prep. I'm So the most important thing, what Rick keeps trying to skip ahead to, as, as you yeah, know. So let's get to I tend to be a bit. Drink. Uh, <laughs> did you just say taint drink? I think he's meant it isn't a beer. It, <laughs> yeah. it taint be a beer. Well, we taint named beer, this show right off the lemon. bat, didn't we? That's going to look good. Taint lemonade. Which, I have to say, that's a lot harder than I thought it would be. What's harder? The show title. Oh, really? Yeah, it was yeah, tough usually, last week. Well, <laughs> you didn't have the talent here getting him all wound up. But you tried to do what, with a sprinkle stain. You tried to do right? a legitimate sports show, and if you had any sports facts correct, it would have been one. So I, I guess that was my my overarching point. So as you oh, all yeah. know, he was just imitating Colin Cowherd, <laughs> just, <laughs> just yelling stuff. Doesn't yeah. have to make sense. I'm a bit of a teetotaler generally, and I, I'm not one to to drink during the week or during the show. I, you, I figure somebody's got to be sober to keep this train on the tracks while you two slobber all over yourselves. Yeah, as you and can each see, other. we don't need anybody sober yeah. here to keep it on the tracks. As long as you don't care about facts and, and information, I was fine. <laughs> Other than the bears, I really did. That I, was one of those. Um, they're one of those teams that's kind of like year after year. It's like, did they make the playoff? Because they're always like 
eh, yeah, you know, always except eight when you're Lovey Smith, you're 10 and 6, yeah. and eh, we'll get rid of you. Yeah, they're 8 and 8. That and... still s- sticks in my craw. <laughs> it really does. I like Lovey Smith. I thought he's a good coach. Yeah. Never been hired. Where's he at now? Oh, he's in Illinois. Illinois. That's yeah, right. He went to Illinois. Now, he's yeah. got that gray beard. He looks like he's 115 yeah. years old. And Illinois is actually pretty decent. Pro. I mean, for the Big Ten, I mean, they've actually moved up yeah. and, and not too bad. Yeah, they're, they may in Northwestern kind of come around. But anyhow, when I go on vacation, yes. I turn into a miserable alcoholic like the two of you. Well, okay, you added alcoholic to miserable. Big deal. And... <laughs> <laughs> And I discovered yes. a local fair. Yes, you did. Straight out of Virginia Beach, Virginia. A veteran-owned company, lest you try to continue to besmirch their name. A crisp and refreshing hard lemonade, <laughs> Larry's Lemonade. And I have been drinking these by the gallon for nine straight days now. So I'm going to join you guys, it's not even the Christmas show, in a crisp, refreshing beverage here on show night. Larry's Lemonade, when you find yourself in Virginia Beach or the Outer Banks. I would love to just take a slurp out of it. It is, uh, it's not like that, that overly sweet nonsense like the Mike's Hard Lemonade. Now you know this is going to be, I'm not, I'm going to give you an honest review like you did with the homebrew. All right. Yeah, because you know the type of beer that I drink. Well, and honestly, it's delicious, so it's going to be easy. It's the greatest thing you've ever drank, isn't it? No, it is not. However, it is much better than what I was anticipating. It almost has a um, you know, the soft drink squirt, just a yeah, little bit of that. that might be why I like it. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it tastes it, like squirt. Yeah. That's fantastic. It is not bad. I have to hand it to Larry's lemonade. It, it is, it's for that type of a drink. That is by far the best that He's I've had. Larry's lemon, 6% ABV. So you can get four of those in you in the hot sun. It's a little sweet for me because I just, well, you know, the, Stuff that I like. I like eating you like raw meat and, and drinking, you know, liquor. Motor oil. <laughs> but no, that that is that's pretty good. I, <sighs> I, I must say that. It's crisp, it's refreshing. I think clean, he deserves a yay for that. Clean one. finish. Yay me again. I am just yay! piling up the yays this week. But it's just a few gripes from the vacation, then we'll get into the US Open here. It's a bad year to be vacationing. Like I said, I'm doing this again due to some drunken vacation planning and inability to read a calendar, doing it again in three weeks, heading back to the Outer Banks. Oh, good. So we get to put out the second best show of 2021. Maybe you'll get a few things right in that one now that you know you have a fact checker out there. No chance. (laughs) Will. I'm going for O for six. Um, when are you going seriously? Because I'm just wondering if any. July 11th through the (sighs) whatever. So there won't be any training camps open no. then. But they'll be opening when you get back. I think that's when Andy was coming up. That's a shame. We only have the three mics set up, so you might have to do it while I'm not here. Well, that'll be okay. If only we could figure out a way to put a fourth mic in. I don't think Andy, well, I could figure out how to put a fourth mic in. You do rum dums, no prayer. I'll just sit here and look at it. Yeah, that's just what you'll just sit there and bitch. It's kind of your role doesn't change no matter who's coming through. Makes no difference. Well, little PSA, number one. 
If you go to the beach, don't be the guy fishing at the beach at noon, throwing your hooks at children while they're splashing around in the water. I don't understand it. I'm all for fish. Shore fishing's fun. You do it early in the morning. You do it in the evening. I have never seen a line of chuckleheads in there just couldn't wait to throw a fishing lure into a four-year-old child's face, and that just drives me nuts. Don't do that. The other problem, the Outer Banks tends to be pretty relaxed. You can reel them in just like a squid, though. (laughs) We're going to get to squid a little later on in the show, too. Nothing to do with the vacation. But this was awful. Awful comparatively down there. It's usually, it's busy, but everybody knows you spread out. What it's not is Ocean City. Well, I think because they still have all these rules in the Northeast, all these god-awful, terrible Northeasterns migrated, Northeasterners migrated down to the Outer Banks. You just tell by the accent. You're New Yorkers, Philadelphia, New Jersey. Jersey. Saw a lot I of, wonder if Jersey in the house was down there. I don't think Jersey nah, was there because he wouldn't act like these animals, dude. Jersey was a good guy. That's right. And I saw, even saw a lot of Massachusetts license plates. We would be a haul down to, down to the Outer Banks. But they're so used to Ocean City and, and Rehoboth and all the trashy places they go where they just lay down on top of you, where the Outer Banks is nothing but beach, right, for, what, 70, 80 miles. There's plenty of room for everybody. These ass clowns just come in and plop down right in front of you. So don't be that guy if you go to the Outer Banks. But just They drive like lunatics. They don't do anything like that. But I think it's just a matter of everybody's been cooped up for a year Still not allowed to have any fun in the Northeast, and everybody's got a pocket full of those Biden bucks, so they're migrating down trying to ruin my vacation. And you won't do it. You stay away from me. But otherwise, a great time. Can't wait to do it again. Maybe we should take you two can come with me in July, and we'll just take the show on the road and do it in the Outer Banks. I'm sure your wife and daughter would just love to have us hanging around. (laughs) I'm just drunk on lemonade all day anyhow. They don't pay much attention to me. So let's talk about the golf tournament, Rick. We spent about a half an hour talking about nothing here. I actually saw much less of the Open than I wanted to because of Father's Day. We went to my daughter's and so forth. Shouldn't she come to you and just but, be around while you're watching golf? Isn't that what Father's Day is? Well, you know, I was helping my son-in-law work on his boat. You know, we then we grilled and stuff. So it was actually more fun. Really? Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of cool. We had plenty of beer and so forth. So, I mean, all comes back happy. to the he provided you with liquor. It doesn't really matter what the surrounding activity is. There were there were a couple of things of note. I mean, John Rom, he, he's a man in the majors. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the 67 final round uh, gained, I think, what four shots on Oosthuizen, and um, who else was up there? Um, Oh, well, Rory. Yeah, he collapsed. He, I mean, if you think about it, Rory only had that one round, the third round, I think 67, that moved him in there. He shoots like a, a 68 or something on the final day, 68, 69. He's right in that fight the whole time. He went back to like 73, whatever it was. Did but, you see, were you watching, I think it was Saturday. It almost had to be. That's where I watched. I watched like, we got back early on Saturday, uh-huh. and I wasn't moving because I had to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to get the hell out of there, away from all them stupid right. New Jerseyans. But I can't remember what hole it was on. 
one of the ones on the cliffs right on the ocean. Maybe, maybe it was 17. I think it was early in the round, but it might not have been. Anyhow, Rory goes OB over the cliffs, but he didn't go completely. I guess he went over the cliffs, but he didn't go OB. And he was thinking about going down to play his ball where it is. And a giant rattlesnake, and they caught it on the on the broadcast. <laughs> and he had rattlers. I'm not BSing you, Rick. They were that long. Wow. That thing must have been 115 years old. And Rory looked at it and said, no, nah, I'm going to drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, my heart skipped a beat when they showed that thing on the television. I couldn't imagine being in proximity of it. Yeah, that's... You take notice real quick. Because <laughs> Rory, he was going to try at least go down and see see if he could get a clean swing. And just that quick, nope. <laughs> Don't blame him. But, uh, no, I thought Torrey Pines was set up well. That was my biggest takeaway. It, was, it, was, it played extremely fair. It played extremely tough. And, you know, there were some good scores. And there were some not-so-good scores Really, from Rom all the way down. I mean, Rom didn't play particularly well on Saturday when he shot 72. Right. You know, and that easily could have been a 74. I mean, you know, a couple of putts here or there. But those two putts on the final day that he wow. made. Wow. Nice. Wow. Talk about clutch. Yeah, what, what he did on 18, where he gets caught in that fairway bunker and, and reins himself in and plays it smart, to the wide part of the green, because if he goes long, and he's not going to be able to stop that ball. If he goes at the hole, he's going to roll off and end up in the ocean. To go out there, play it that smart, go wide, and then to step up and make that putt right. and just win the damn thing. That, that, that was impressive, impressive golf. Just as you watched guy after guy, his boy DeChambeau, Rory, everybody, Louie goes OB on 17 and takes himself out. You watch guys just steadily collapse ahead of him, and he does that on 17 and 18. That's where I'm glad he did that. It took the story away from the guys who fell apart and lost right. it, and it don't matter. John Rahm went out and won that U.S. Open. and I, This is a guy, we say this about everybody who wins a major, this is a guy who's going to have five or six majors before his career is over. He, he's he's heading that direction. I, I agree. He just He's solid. He's not um, – I mean, of course – you know, it's one of those things. I think he's going to be a, like you said, a five, six major type of guy. Um, he's he's that steady. Um, we mentioned it on the show last week that uh, Shoffle. You know, there was an article that he was uh, the last four opens top ten. In he's always in, around. He's yeah, tied for seventh again this week. Ustazen's always around. Right. Um, Oosthuizen, I don't believe, has ever won a major either, has he? Yeah, he won one, it was like 10 years ago. But it was Which one o- did he win? Was it an Open? I think it was. I think it was a U.S. US Open. U.S. Open or British Open, I can't remember. Several years ago. It's been a long time, and yeah. then he just finishes in the top four every other major. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, he played well. He shot even on Sunday, but he had some stuff get away from him. Yeah. I mean, nothing... You know, it's not like, oh, well, you know, he took a 12 on whatever, this, that, and the other. He just, I don't know. It was just, you know, Rom wanted. Let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah, it, it was just that. You know, I've thought for a long time Kepka was going to come back and win that thing, and he just sort of chopped it up on Sunday. Did you know, I saw this stat, Rick. This doesn't even sound believable. And if I had any gumption and work ethic, I'd have looked to try to try to 
confirm this, but I saw it once and I heard it on another radio show, so I'm going to put it out there as fact. Since 2016, in rounds in majors, Brooks Kepka's at a minus 84, which isn't nec- that number in and of itself isn't that unbelievable. How many majors? Yeah, how many has he played since 2016? Well, I don't it? know. I mean, I'm assuming he's missed <clears throat> one or two. Other that be 20 well, 16, right? 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So that's six years. That's 24 tournaments. Minus I'm assuming two is 22. He, would play he missed the Masters. Them. Didn't or no? He played, but hurt. I don't remember. Right. It, but yeah, that's twenty-ish. Okay, okay, that's a reasonable number. All right, but the 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 number that stuns me is that minus eighty-four in that time is sixty-one strokes better than the next guy on that list. If you use that metric, that is how good and how steady he is in May. Wow, that mean yeah, and you think about it, it's like. That's what that's what I was asking about. Okay, even if he you know say twenty majors. He's like four, four and a half under par average for each tournament. Which you sit back if you step back and say, you know, that's that's nothing spectacular. Mm-hmm. But you're playing Augusta, right? The U.S. Open, British Open, and the PGA. Those are four of the best courses that you ever play. Oh yeah, every every single year. Even though three of them rotate, I mean, it doesn't really much yeah, matter. They're going to find somewhere impossible. Yeah. To so play. I mean, yeah. So if you're averaging four and a half under par, yeah. But what if you have a bad tournament? You know, did, yeah. That's the point. Did he, he miss doesn't. any cuts? He which, doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my point. And you know, if you even have a tournament where you're eight over for the entire yeah. tournament. Well, that that's a hell of a kick to the average. So yeah, that's yeah, some pretty happen, damn good golf. Be sixty-one strokes clear of whoever the next guy is, and I, wow. I can't remember who the next guy is. That just tells you how, even though he's not winning them, and actually it lends even more credence to just how impressive what Tiger did was that he won all of these. Where you see in majors how dominant Brooke, Brooks Kepka is, and he's right. not even approaching the, those types of numbers, but. Yeah, I crush them any chance I get, the USGA. I generally hate the U.S. Open. They got this one right. They did not trick up Tory. It played tight. I mean, look, you know, there were fairways there in the best of circumstances about as wide as this console we're broadcasting yeah. from. But if you hit the fairway, if you hit the greens, it was reasonable. Those greens were fast, but they weren't. I wasn't looking for the right. clown's mouth like I have at Wingfoot before. They set it up punitive, but fair. Guys could still make shots, and it was it was a really good. You know what I liked about that, especially like, if you were in the fairway and you hit a shot, you know, and you hit the green. If you hit the shot reasonably well, which obviously most of them are that's right. hitting the green, it stayed there. Yeah, yeah, not just rolling. But if it back. wasn't right where it should have be coming out of the rough, it didn't have that spin on it, mm-hmm. they were hard were enough to take it. take it away. And, and that's what it should be. And you had that, and it even made the green side bunkers challenging right. because if you had that downhill lie, or that's what I was talking about, what Rom had to do on 18 – you had to play smart. You couldn't just gun at the pin all the time because if you, it just, I, I really, really like the setup. It, you know, one thing that's that tends to 
come to light when we start talking about these majors because we're talking about the the Roms and, and Spieth a few years back, Rory, you know, then there was Kepka and, and Sham, DeChambeau. You can tell that they are dying to find the next oh, Jack yeah. or Tiger. Yeah. They want that next guy. I mean, you and I have gone through you know, on different shows that period in the 70s where Nicholas and Majors was never over like seventh place or something for like yeah. eight years and Woods' incredible record. That's what they're looking for. And maybe we won't get that, but I tell you what, we're getting a lot of solid players, <laughs> the Feldo type guys, Ray Floyd type guys. They're going to win their five, six, seven majors, whatever it is. But there are a lot of good golf out there. And I mean, it's more of a balanced. And it is a field. good crop. I mean, this is, you know, something, you know, I guess I don't know. Did we not have this group because Tiger was so dominant? So we didn't know all these guys. But this group we have now with Rom, with DJ, with Rory, with DeShambo, you just go 10, 12, 14 guys down the list right. who can win any given week. And you have the interesting story DeShambo in the. The feud, I'm doing the air quote thing, because I'm starting to think this thing's being puffed up a little bit by both those guys. They know sure. how to make money with with Kepka, but but DeChambeau's one of those guys. People either love him and in that way, if you're Finkelstein, or just can't stand the guy. And I, I was watching. I actually took note of. I, th- I think I took a screenshot of the tw- of the tweet because it, it, it was maddening to me. And I, I wanted your thoughts on this as a, as a golf guy who's been around golf courses your whole life in golf etiquette. I was never big on golf etiquette. I was big on drinking beer and swinging whatever club was nearest <laughs> to me, if I'm being honest. But there's some guy, I don't know who he is. I don't think he's anybody. He's from Awful Announcing. But I saw this all over Twitter. Puts out a Twitter and says, uh, oh, wait, hold on. That's just his name. So he shows, you noticed on Saturday and on Sunday, Bryson on, I forget which hole it was, was direct de- deliberately hitting it off off the fairway into the gallery because they had it all stomp, stamped down and it gave him a better look into the into the hole. All right. right. He made he made birdies on that on that hole both days. So th- this guy, Jay Rigdon is his name. Jay Rigdon. That tells you a lot what okay. you need to know there. Here's Bryson blasting it into the gallery on purpose and not bothering to yell for or signal or anything at all, despite knowing where it was going. And this started this thread of even legitimate media people how DeChambeau is the worst person on the planet because he's deliberately hitting it into the gallery. And then, even so, he's not yelling for when he does it. I get when you're at your local Muni slugging Keystone Mm -hmm. ice like I used to do in the day and the ball's going three fairways to the right. Maybe that's just me. Always yelling four. Is it incumbent upon a pro to do this? Yes, you should. Um, What about the caddy? Everybody's looking at you. But that doesn't matter. Um, A golf ball can do considerable damage if you've ever been hit with one. Um, I have. I actually was one time, but it was and it, and it hurts, um, especially from a pro. I, I took a driver. He hit it off the fairway on a par five. I was a superintendent, and I was actually working on a drain line in um, the side of this par five up by the green. 
And the pro's name was Billy Jack. Yes, I'll call him out. Um, great guy. Damn you, Billy Jack. Yeah. But he hit it off the fairway with a driver. And before it ever hit the ground, it hit me in the calf. Mm. And I still get Charlie horses from in that calf at <laughs> oh, times. Really? Yes, I still have a knot. And that thing hurt. But getting back to your point, it's part of the golf course. If you want to hit it there, hit it there. But it it doesn't take much to go four left and go like that. If they're looking at you, they know what you're doing. It's coming our way, you know, in – so does this speak to ill character of the Shambo, in your opinion, like it does uh, no, I don't Mr. Think it's Rigdon ill character. I, no, I don't necessarily think it's ill character. I mean, you are playing in a U.S. Open. Your right. concentration is extremely deep. Um, but you do have a caddy. I mean, you brought up a point. You do have a caddy, especially um, when there's rangers the, the way everywhere. They dis- the way they discuss the shot and so forth. The caddy knows where it's going. Right. And if he says, I'm going to hit it towards that oak tree in the left rough because it's stamped down there and it opens up to the green. Well, chances are it's going to be heading towards that oak yeah. tree with these guys. <laughs> yeah, right? unlike me, it's going to so go where they intended. So when he swings, a caddy probably should go four left. Somebody should. Because, right. you know, no, the Rangers not necessarily because they're up the fairway off in the rough because that's what they're doing. They're looking for errant shots. Right where they hit and so forth. Well, after they bounce off some guy's cranium, <laughs> yeah, they've already found the ball. It's kind of late to all or four. But now my getting hit with a golf ball story is not nearly as impressive as yours being it coming from a professional golfer, but it hurt nonetheless. <laughs> they do hurt. I was probably 21, 22 and my little brother, he's 11 years younger than me. So we're talking he was 10 or 11 years old at the time. And I was out in my parents' backyard, just I had some old range balls. I was hitting them out in the cornfield, just practicing back when I thought I was going to become a good golfer one right. day. Boy, if I could go back and talk to that version of me and how much <laughs> money and time he could have saved. So I'm doing it, and of course my little brother wants to try it out. So he grabs a hold of my clubs, and he's just swinging and missing or just, you know, chunking everything. So he's got, I believe, my favorite club, a five wood in his hand. And he's chopping away, chopping away, can't even make contact. So I'm literally standing directly in front of him, walking towards him, because I know he's going to miss the ball. Well, he flushes one, (laughs) and I mean flushes it, and hit me right on the shoulder, like right in the meaty part of the shoulder. It literally, Rick, picked me up off of my feet. I was probably only 20 yards away, (laughs) off my feet, and dumped me on my ass. I'd never been shot, but I've got to imagine that's what it feels like. They hurt. There's no <laughs> it doubt. Hurt. It definitely hurt. <laughs> and thank God it was an 11 year old. Yeah. You know. yeah. I'd like to see how far that thing had gone if my big oafy ass wasn't in the way. Because <laughs> he yeah. flushed that. Or I'd thing. like to see how far your big oafy ass would have went if it was like Jack Nicholas hitting that thing. <laughs> yeah. Somebody you could hit a. But I, I think all in all, a great tournament. I, I really enjoyed yeah. watching it. it. And I like, you need the villain. And I like DeChambeau. I'm actually starting to get a soft spot for him as a guy who likes the heels in wrestling. You know what I mean? He's making that heel turn. He's embraced it. I think it's something the PGA needs because you don't have that Tiger Woods right now. You don't have that 
transformative figure dominating the league or dominating the tour. Right. So now you've got this. You've got kind of the foil. I think that's a good thing. But well, well done to the USGA and Tory. Yeah, that, that was a good tournament. I, I thought so too. You think we ought to sell some? Yeah, coffee? Yeah, let's sell some coffee. And you believe me, you can put it on your poutine. So I'm sure uh, you can in liquid form, please. Well, yeah, yeah. Rick will start screaming about grind. So. Well, there it is. Yeah, I thought maybe he wasn't paying attention. He hasn't put his nose out of that computer in five minutes. Well, I just found the uh, Jackass uh, segment where they took golf balls to the body and head. (laughs) I remember that one. That was a great one. All right, Rick, let's take a break here. We'll come back. I don't know what else you have. There isn't much left, but I did prepare. We can either do it this segment or in the last. I put together our favorite game, Rick, a little Factor Fiction. Oh, I love Factor Fiction. And I've teased games before that we've never gotten to. We're going to get to this one. So, Actually, you know what? Let's do it after the break. You got it. So Factor Fiction right after this. Let's talk about our sponsor, Dead Sled Coffee. Dead Sled Coffee strives to create a culture of acceptance and respect no matter what your level of coffee knowledge is. They are distinguished coffee for the exceptional and unconventional. They offer amazing products that do not require your dictionary or your atlas to appreciate. Feel comfortable ordering their coffee and know that it is not a crime if you do not know where the beans came from or where it was processed. They have done all the work for you, having slurped and sniffed through endless cuppings so you can just sit back and enjoy your coffee experience. Not sure what to try? Well, try some of their new signature blends, the Robert England blend, the Kiss blend, and the Cypress Hill blend. Go to deadsledcoffee.com. Use the promo code DEADSLED15 and take 15% off your order. Deadsledcoffee.com. And hey, tell them Fligger and Briggs sent you. All right, welcome back into Chaos and Disorder. Coffee for your poutine, that's what we're selling here. (laughs) So check it out over at deadsledcoffee.com. All right, Rick, we have got to do this. It has been too long. You got your button ready there? Fact or fiction? Indeed. So we're going to do a little NFL fact or fiction. All right. We haven't talked enough football lately, and we're, what, three weeks away from camp? About, well... Three to four. I'm not sure exactly when the first ones start, but about a week away. Getting close. About a week away from the Scott Fish Bowl draft. Would you? What I hear, you're drafting seventh, sixth. Sixth. I'm sixth in the Bob so Dylan division. Seventh. If you're sixth, then I'm seventh. What are, What division are you in? You, here's a band I'm completely unfamiliar with, and I need to get myself familiar with it. The Roots. I know nothing of the Roots. Is there a Roots song I know and just don't know? It's the Roots. Yes. I remember Rusted Root. I like that. Yes, I, I remember Rusted Root very well. I like Rusted Root. The Roots I'm not familiar with. I know they're Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. I know they're a big deal. I'm right. not familiar. July 27th for camp. I'll get the Roots keyed up okay. for you. It is kind of interesting, though. I was perusing down through the division in the Scott Fish Bowl. And, you know, you see, like, the Bob Dylans, the the Beatles, the Beyonce. That is a bit of kismet you ended up in the Bob Dylan division. That seems to fit you well. Oh, definitely. But I did notice that there wasn't, like, a Doors division. Oh, there wasn't? Or um, I don't think there's a Who's Your Girl, The you went to the concert. Oh. Yeah, whatever the hell her name is. Yeah, I'd be in that division. 
I'm sure you would. But but as as wide a variety of of acts that there were, it was kind of strange how some of seemed like some real heavyweights or popular names weren't in there. But then we have like the Roots and yeah. and, and so forth. Like, like I said, that. I, so, I'm, I'm I'm aware that the Roots are a big right. deal. I just and there's probably ten of their songs I know and just don't know it's the Roots. But I felt like a Rube, which I feel like rather often. But you're honest. in the Roots, seventh yeah. pick, right? Yeah. If you're the six, I'm the seventh because I, right. I was six or seven. I couldn't remember which you were, which you weren't. What's your strategy? I don't want to get too deep into this. Maybe we'll do it as we start drafting. Are you looking at that tight end early? Are you looking at that QB early? I never know what to do. Well, with with two QBs, I'm especially in the sixth position, because if you're in the top three or four, whatever, I mean, obviously you're going the McCaffreys, the Cooks, mm-hmm. uh, Barkley, whoever you have ranked like that. But then, when you start getting down there, your McCaffrey's or McCaffrey's, your um, Mahomes, um, start looking. But there's not that many, you know. Maybe Allen, um, yeah. you know, real early like that. I don't know if I could go any earlier. But then now you're talking. But you've got to get one in the first two rounds. That's what I found. Definitely, I've tried to wait, and I have paid the price dearly. Definitely. Is it, you know, it, and I mean, you think about it, it may be behoove you to get a Kittle, maybe get a Kelsey early because there are tight end bonuses yeah. in the scoring in the Scott Fishbowl. Um, it's hard to say, I mean, because it is such a wide, because you're mixed with fans and the so-called who, yeah. experts, you know, mm-hmm. which, which is kind of weird because, like, I've been in divisions with, like, you know, Mike Clay from, like, CBS and so forth, and some of these other guys like Jeff Radcliffe and stuff. And you can almost feel who they're going to get, especially in the early rounds. Right. So they're not a big deal, but the fans are what kill you. Yeah, yeah, and you don't know. <laughs> and, and it's so different. The scoring's so wacky. If you're not familiar Scott Fishbowl 11, look it up. There's a million stories out there. And yeah. And the wacky scoring that they do in the tight end heavy and the, the super flex and just all the different points per first down instead of right. you know, points per catch, per catch and right. things like that. You know, it's really hard to figure. And so you never know. Everybody's got 10 different strategies, which is what makes it a cool draft in a, in a cool league. But, yeah, I'm kind of leaning. You know, last year I made my deepest run ever, and I went Kelsey – and a QB, I can't remember who the QB was in the first two. I was in that seven, eight, nine, well, somewhere in did, that range. Did you have Russell Wilson? Maybe last week or I mean, last year. I, I, oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't it either now. Damn but, many leagues when it comes. Right. But I know I took Kelsey in the first round, and I felt so dirty about it. But that's that's the deepest I went. Yeah. And so. So I'm thinking about maybe trying to re-explore that. He introduced kickers this year that yep. you can put in a flex spot. I remember last year I was number one pick, <laughs> and I picked Barkley first, of oh, course, yeah. who got injured. And then I had – wasn't last year Antonio Brown who was got suspended, or was that two years that ago? That would probably been two years. Okay. He wouldn't have taken – he wasn't even on a roster. Going that's that's last true, year. yeah. Yeah. 
But it seemed like everybody in my whole Scott Fishbowl team last year died. Well, that's what happened by to week me. four. Yeah. Other than last year, yeah, I'm lucky. You know, I can pull eight starters or eleven starters together. <laughs> I try right. to get cute in the late rounds, and it never works out. Well, let's do fact. Yeah, or fiction. my I'm goodness, ready. let's do it's fact or fiction. You know, you know what? Here's what I think we need to do, Rick. I, I missed a missed an opportunity there, except right. I can't find it. You th- thought I'd have been prepared. Where did it go? What in the heck is going on? I, I do on this one. I dropped the ball. So we'll go ahead and play this one. It's time for fact or fiction. Oh, I know what you were wanting to play. Yeah, you got it over there? There it is. It's time for fact or fiction. Why don't I have that on my board? We probably should. We probably should have given him the questions, and we could have had a host. But I didn't do That's that. True. So, and I'm a I'm a better host anyhow. Wink, well, let's go. I'm ready. Wink flicker. All right, Rick. Fact. Wink flicker. <laughs> fact or fiction? Aaron Rodgers starts Week One for the Green Bay Packers. So you're confident this? I ends. think so. I think so. Um. I think he still wants to play football, and there's a lot of posturing on how much he hates the GM and so forth. But he's still got Devontae Adams, you know. Uh, he still has got a, a great running back. They were 13-3 the last two years. One of the best offenses in the league, period. Right. I, I just can't see him saying, eh, I'm done. I, I don't like this guy, so I'm not playing. Yeah, so for me – Kind of for all the reasons you mentioned, I'm starting to smell a rat. I'm thinking he just doesn't want to do anything in the offseason. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, obviously he's not thrilled with the organization. That's been kind of the theme, what, what four or five years now, it feels right. like. He's, he's mad at somebody yeah, about he, every year. He's over in Hawaii with his actress girlfriend getting stoned. Wife. Hippie. And, oh, did he marry her? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, He's got his celebrity friends, and he's shirtless with his neck beard, and you know he's getting high and carrying on. I think he just wants to do that and show up in late August, early September, and play football. So I think there's no doubt he comes back. I think there's no doubt he great. he's great when he comes back. And you get that sense we've had three or four years where you had this tumultuous offseason, and then come week one, it looks like a love fest. I agree with you. I, I, I honestly think I'm taking it a step further into conspiracy land because I've had one Larry's lemonade, and I'm feeling, feeling chesty here. <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, I smell a rat, and I think uh, I think he'll be there, and he'll be just fine. All right, Rick, fact or fiction? The Pittsburgh Steelers are Super Bowl contenders in 2021. No. Fact think- or fiction, the Pittsburgh Steelers are playoff contenders in 2021. Mm-hmm. I love watching you smash I on that am- thing and no sound come out of it. Well, it just went blank for whatever reason. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, so you're in that camp. I, th- I think that line is just offensive line is just not going to be up to the task. I mean, they're they're not going to be able to suffer through even one injury. I don't think. And 
it, there's so much riding on Ben Roethlisberger being good. Uh, yeah, they've they've got one of the best receiving cores in the league, and I love Najee Harris. Um, I just don't think that that line is going to be able to do it, that you need an offensive line to have a good running game and or a passing game, and I don't think they're going to have it. Plus, there's a lot of talent in the AFC North. That That's probably the bigger thing for me. So I'll go in reverse order, I asked you. So are are the Pittsburgh Steelers playoff contenders? I think absolutely. Are they Super Bowl contenders? I think they are. Now, would I put any money down that they're going to the Super Bowl? No. But you kind of laid it out. The biggest question is the offensive line. They lose Pouncey, but they got guys coming back. They got some draft picks. I don't think they're done, right? They're still bringing people in and talking to them. They're gonna they're gonna find that veteran. But but look, you talked about it. What well what you didn't mention? One of the three probably best defenses in the league. That's true. Easily, one of the two best, two or three best wide receiver cores in the league. A running back who could be amongst the five or ten best in the league. And I know Ben Roethlisberger isn't Ben Roethlisberger of 2008, but still Ben Roethlisberger. I wouldn't be stunned if he threw for 4,500 yards this year, maybe four yards at a time. But, but another thing I did not mention is that schedule is brutal. It, that That is true. Yeah, they, they get that first-place schedule. It's a tough one. Baltimore's really good. Cleveland's really good. If Joe Burrow's back healthy, that's a tough out. Those aren't the two guaranteed right. wins they used to be. It's not going to be easy, but if it all – if, and this is a big if when you look at the names across that offensive line, if that offensive line is average, I'm not going to say good, if that offensive line is average and Ben Roethlisberger stays healthy, this is one of the top-to-bottom 10 best teams in the National Football League, which makes them obvious playoff contenders. And you could – I don't know how you ever beat Kansas City, but you could get on a run – and and win this thing. I really do. I'm, I see these predictions. They're going six and eleven, and five and twelve, and seven and ten. I guess the seventeen game things reason, it takes. Right. And another reason I really hit the fiction button quick on Super Bowl contenders is is a tangible that neither one of us mentioned is Mike Tomlin gets out coached well, all the time in the playoffs. Yeah, there there is that. Maybe bound a dummy into one at some point, like. Uh, like Bill Cowher did, because Bill Cowher had that reputation for a long time too. But right. I, I think I think probably, and not just because I'm a homer and that's our team. I think they're the most interesting team in the league this year. I would not be stunned whatsoever if they go. I hate having to do this math with 17 yeah. games now, 12 and five. I wouldn't be stunned if they went five and twelve in right. anything in between. I really don't think we know what we're going to get. So yeah, I, I have to go along with you. I think Pittsburgh is the most interesting team in the AFC, and I, I'm going San Francisco in the NFC. Right, as far as interesting with the quarterback follow, competition, yeah, followed closely by New Orleans. Yeah, of how that's going to work out. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Rick. Fact or fiction? The Dallas Cowboys are the favorite in the NFC East. I think it's very close, but I'm going to go Washington just by a Nats eyelash as a favorite. I love that defense, and I think they've improved on offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick, quite frankly. Look, he's not going to be 
anybody mistaking him for Joe Montana. That that's for certain. No. <laughs> but he brings an excitement and a level of fun to that offense that has talent on it that is so much above what they had in quarterback the last couple of years. I, I think they're just going to be a little bit with that def combined with that defense, I think it puts them a little bit ahead of Dallas. Yeah, I'm with you. I actually didn't expect you to go that way. If anybody wants the background of how we do this, I ask questions thinking we can get in an argument and I, I thought you were going to be all in on that with Dak Prescott coming back. I'm with you. I think Washington, and I'll tell you what, I think if Daniel Jones, and that's a big if, kind of takes right. that next step, I, Giants are going to be a tough out. You bring in Kenny Galladay. You well, especially get in that division, yeah. which we already know what that division yeah. was like last year. 7-9, and nine, is that what Washington was when they wanted? I don't think they got to 8-8. Eight and eight. I could be wrong, but I, I think they came in at 7-9 and nine and won the whole blicky. We know they won it and they weren't that good, yeah. so let's put it that way. Well, I think this year they're going to be good, and that's what's interesting with them, right? You know, his doppelganger, Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you get good Ryan Fitzpatrick for 10, 11, 12 of the 17 games, Washington, from a talent standpoint, is the best team in that division. Now, with Dak Prescott, with a healthy Dak Prescott, that's a big difference maker. But I think with that defense, you know, we talk about the Steelers. I think you're going to see this thing shake out at the end of the season that the Washington defense is the best defense in the National Football League. I, I, I think they are to that level. You bring in wide receivers to go along with Terry McLaurin. You've got the running game, different things you can do with Gibson. If Fitzpatrick is that guy, right. or if not, if Ty Taylor Heineke is what we saw in that playoff game, and look, everybody remember Matt Flynn before you start getting too excited about <laughs> one game out of an unheard of backup. But if one of those guys is the guy, if you have – legitimate even Alex Smith level just careful with the ball quarterback play that team's a playoff team yeah there's no doubt I mean yeah you getting back to Dallas I the offense is loaded with talent oh no, there, no there's question no question about, about that but I just like Washington's defense a little bit better and when it gets right down to it I it's an old cliche you win championships with defense you know I, I think Fitzpatrick, McLaurin, Gibson, so forth. That's enough to counterbalance the Dallas offense right. in conjunction with their defense. Yeah, and you never know. So, I don't know. Do you have anything else, or do you want to spill this over into the next segment and end the show on it? Oh, I mean, we can um, – let's spill it over into the next segment. And if you happen to come up with a question that involves this team, then I can go into – a player crucifixion. Oh, you're going to crucify sure. somebody. You're going to crucifix somebody. All right, well, let's take a break here. Let's sell some sandwiches and some poutine. poutine. Absolutely. We'll be back. Oh, is this the roots? You got it. With Erica Badu. All right, everybody bear with me. I'm going to I'm going to take a second and listen and see if I know this. Is this their big hit? This is like their first one that they won an award for. Okay. What year are we talking with the Roots? Or years? 2000, they started, got big. Oh, okay, so they're they're more current than I thought. Questlove is the drummer on the Okay, Questlove. All right, yeah, I know the Roots then. I was never a big fan, but okay. Uh, 
It's because they're from Philly, isn't it? I do hate Philadelphia with a passion. You know what I might do while we're selling sandwiches? I might go have another Larry's Lemonade. And I wish, I wish it wasn't 2021 and I could read you the text that Rick Briggs sent me and the names he called me that we used to say back in the 90s without thinking about it. I wish I could read that to you on the air. You got to remember the words I used to use in the 70s. <laughs> I couldn't even. <laughs> so you buy a sandwich. I'm going to get a Larry's Lemonade, and we'll be back right after this. We would like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, The Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, you are sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep, they even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at ChopShopButler.com. Or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania. And tell them Flager and Briggs sent you. Welcome back to Chaos Lemonade, baby. Larry's Lemonade is cracking open. And Alejandro, I did find that group and that song that I was talking, I asked you about last week at the end of the show. And I will play it for you when we go off air. Spider? Spider. Okay. Anyway. Hey. Let's continue hold with on. Factor Before Fiction. Because it's my favorite game in the whole wide world. Before we do that. Yes. Little, little news story. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but there's a reason for it. Here's the headline. Oh. Does it involve Lamborghinis and Uzis? It certainly does not, no. but that, that was people? an interesting story. No dead people. Oh, man. Here's the headline. Dozens of Hawaiian baby squid aboard space station for study. So they're taking awesome. squid up Why into not? space. They're going, they're I mean, if you want home. aliens to discover Earth, right. what better form of life would you, would you want them to meet in a squid? Than a squid, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, so I, they got them up on the International Space Station. They are poking and prodding them and probing them and all of that now, stuff. Now, do they have water on the space station where they're like swimming around in zero gravity in this water or oh, what's going on? Well, I don't know. I didn't read the story. I I was going somewhere Facts with this. might help. So they... They take him to the space station. Yeah, I know about Frank Clark. He had an Uzi. I don't know, in Western PA, we wouldn't even have looked up with that. It was just, <laughs> all right, guy's got a gun. You need help with that? You in know. a Lamborghini. Yeah. Well, the Lamborghini might, might and turn And you know, the head. thing is, when I saw that Frank Clark story, the first thing that popped into my head was a Scottish watercolor painter, Frank Clark. And I was just stunned that he had an Uzi, and then I found out it was that Frank Clark. <laughs> So here you go. Here's what they're doing, Rick. As astronauts spend more and more time in space, their immune systems become what's called dysregulated. They need squids. It doesn't function as well. Their immune systems don't recognize bacteria as easily, and they sometimes get sick. tentacles. So there are aspects of the immune system that just don't work properly under long-duration space flights. If humans want to spend time on the moon or Mars, we have to solve health problems to get there safely. How about Pluto? We're using the squid to help 
work on the immune system for humans if we want to spend long times in well, space. Well, obviously. Everybody knows that the squid is the nearest relative to man. Right. So if the squid's not getting sick, we won't get sick. And so what they're going to do, they're going to go up there, they're going to keep them up there for a while, then they're going to bring them back down here and test their immune systems. But I only bring up this story because it's important to note that they're going to bring them back down here and use them for study, and you will not find them on any of the chop shop sandwiches or side dishes. That's the use for a squid, not on your douchey food. And the chop Yay! shop gets that. That's right. Exactly. That was a great advertisement for the chop shop. It's what I do. I'm a professional, Rick. The talent. It, it's, it's how I do it. But let's get back to yeah, let's get back because into it. it is my favorite game. And quite frankly, it's all about me having fun. Yeah, and that's what you want. So. Why don't I have the other song? Oh, here. I'll get it. Jeez. Damn it. Damn it. Nice fade. You fade like our <laughs> producer does. Good God. Between that and the bleeding eardrums. <laughs> yeah, that, that one always did come in a little hot. I need to get into your board and try to well, adjust Well, it is that. nice to see blood coming out of his nose. It does drive I mean, he's me. he's sitting here. He's had one beverage yeah, the whole what's show. up with what that? What is up with you? You, you were sick or what? You were late, you've been mopey, and you've had yeah, one adult okay, beverage. Okay, let's, let's, let's rewind. Okay. We should have been on the air. We weren't on the air because we had no producer. For like two hours. So you and I are talking. He walks into studio, says nothing to no one, sits down. That's true. He didn't say a word for 20 minutes like a psycho. Has still only on his first beverage for the evening. Oh, do you think Mrs. Finkelstein's cracking down? Is that what? That could be. Oh, he's been neutered. Uh, he's been neutered. Yeah. So what I really like is maybe the fact, that operation we were talking about before the show, <laughs> the old banana split. <laughs> what I really like is you had the perfect opportunity to say I've only had six or seven so far, but you go with one. What's well, what we, you tell, we speak the truth. Yeah, unlike we just what you don't have flippant facts like you. <laughs> unlike what you two did on the show last week, we like to produce. Look, I was just here. mistaken about the Bears. I don't think I ever said that John Elway drafted Joe Namath for crying out. I know loud. that was him. I know. Yeah, he exactly. He, Finkelstein no, and I was, freaked him out over Joe a spider Montana. too. How did your uh, Andre Dawson research go? By the way, it I was saw probably you Boston. So he was playing for Boston, not the Marlins. Because if I remember correctly, it was the year before. It was either the year before or the year of the All Star Game at Three Rivers. All Star Game at Three so it's Rivers. So ninety three or ninety four. Yeah, I think it was ninety three. So he would have been playing for Boston at that point. Anyhow, I'm letting him wriggle off the line here. Go ahead. Did I freak you out when I killed that spider or what? <laughs> no, but you I mean, were, I, you were so silent and tactful and a little bit of a psychopath about it <laughs> he is a psychopath anybody in mr briggs's area missing a cat or dog <laughs> but i just i mean we're just trying to get to the bottom of your um so being late being mopey and weird you're, you're and not you, drinking you got kind of an emo thing so i can i can live with that but this one beer thing <laughs> is really it's scary. really bothering me I'm on my second delicious, crisp, refreshing 
Larry's Lemonade. And here you are with your taste like crap, but at least I can tell people I like it IPA. And you had but a one. Somebody's got to hold this show together. Yeah, and we're and doing that's what it just I fine. do as the talent. So what's your problem? Well, you're over there getting all sloshed off of your fifth Larry's lemonade. But here I am, refreshing, holding Larry's it lemonade. Oh, all right. Well, bust out the bourbon. I'm concerned, and he won't I address am. it. I think he got neutered. I think he come home too many times with a little <laughs> stagger in his step, to think, yeah. and the misses shut it down. Nope, that's actually not it at all. <laughs> well, what is it? Just because that's the story we're telling. Oh, you can roll with that. It's actually like if I drink one more, I'm going to need like a gallon jug under the table. Well, you can go winky tink. We can handle the show. <laughs> yeah, Mitch cleaned for- a toilet. <laughs> oh, that's right. Mitch was here. Yeah, I'll yeah. be back. <laughs> All right. Fact, fact or fact or fiction, Mr. Rick? Fact- Oops, hold on. I'm on the wrong page on my... Uh... Fact or fiction, Mr. Briggs? Matthew Stafford makes the L.A. Rams better in 2021. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I don't even know what. He's a better quarterback than Jared Goff, and he's got a ton of weapons. And I think it's a much more creative um, offensive plan in L.A. than he ever had in Detroit. So, yeah. I think that one's almost too easy. So I'm going to add an addendum question to that because here's the number I'm thinking about. Rick, fact or fiction, Matthew Stafford throws for 5,000 yards in 2021 no i don't think he will oh i see i'm I'm... but i think they're going to be there's going to be enough balance i mean i think he's going to be close i think he's going to be mid fours 45 to say 47 something like that but i think they're actually going to use the run game a little more that defense it's not a track meet with la um, traditionally. So, yeah, go ahead and break that. We don't care. Yeah. Have another Larry's. <laughs> hey, that's a crisp, refreshing. Refreshing Larry's. Larry's lemonade. It does. It has that squirt taste to it. I, I, I'm, I enjoy I'm impressed. it. But, no, I, I think he's going to be close to five. But, um, irregardless, I, I think he's going to make them much better. There's a joke with the squirt and the banana split and everything that's been going on in the background here that I just can't make on the air, and it's killing me. It's more a question I have, but we'll, that'll be <laughs> for all, that'll be off the air. Email that stupid Gmail if you want to know what's happening back here. Chaos and, we'll, and Disorder Podcast yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah, that, that's the show you want to hear, the one we're not allowed to talk about in America Definitely. anymore. So but in Bulgaria, it's yeah, unrestricted. It's, it's a I'm whole sure. different ball game over there. No, <laughs> I would not imagine you could discuss. Well, you've been over there in, in competitive dancing, so you have better. I thought um, that was Belarus. That's Belarus, but well, I thought you toured Bulgaria, oh, yeah. Romania, uh, Hungary, all over the Eastern Front. Right? Is that Eastern Block? <laughs> That's it, Eastern Block. Why do they call it Block? Well, it used to be the Eastern Block was under the communist rule of russia right but why was it the eastern block because it's eastern europe and well, it was what was it blocking block. a block uh, of countries it was block b-l-o-c block the eastern block communist what's b-l-o-c block. mean it's like you know that <laughs> section all right this is an audio medium you can't <laughs> well, go it's a it's a well, square i was trying to think but you know it's like the 
you know, a, a section or what's under control, that kind of okay. sort of thing. That's all I was asking. Cool. Well, let's get another fact or fiction. All right. Nothing this nonsense. Fact or – and Stafford's going to throw for 5,000 easily Very if he good. starts every game. Fact or fiction, Rick, your favorite quarterback, Mr. Andy Dalton, is in fact the week one starter for the Chicago Bears. You're grinning. Does does this dovetail into what you wanted to talk about? Oh, you better believe it. But, you know, this is – it kind of dovetails or piggybacks off the tweet or the report that I saw on Twitter. Matt Nagy's, you know, Andy Dalton, the number one starter. And that we got to follow the plan. He's according to the plan. Blah, 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 all that. Week one, they play the Rams. They don't want anybody but Andy Dalton getting killed by Aaron Donald in week one. Yeah, you sacrifice Aaron Donald. <laughs> or Andy, Andy Dalton, Dalton to exactly. Aaron Donald. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, I think he is a starter in week one. He may be dead by halftime. <laughs> or, or if nothing else, he's benched by week three. Because let's face facts. People say, well, Andy Dalton was a good quarterback. Granted, I get it. He's had some decent years, some decent stats he for f- on some good teams. I was, That's my point. I was yelling, other than set aside all the horrific factual errors you guys made last week, I was yelling at my iPod listening to your discussion on this last week and how awful of a human being and quarterback that Andy Dalton is. Don't bring me numbers. Don't tell me anything. Andy Dalton, for four or five straight seasons, took the Cincinnati Bengals to the playoffs. I don't care what happened when he got there. Think about the gravity of that sentence, especially for someone like you who has been watching NFL football since 1776. Andy Dalton led the Cincinnati Bengals to the playoffs for five straight seasons. Enough said. The guy can play the position. Okay, you can bloviate all you want. It's kind of my thing. Ken, Ken Anderson took him to the Super Bowl. Okay. Boomer Siason took him to the Super Bowl. Andy that Dalton was... never took him to the Super Bowl. All right. He's had four playoff games. Four. All right. With Chad Johnson, TJ Hushmanzada. Who was who were some of these uh Corey Dillon for running backs? Um in his four total four playoff games in his magnificent postseason career, he's 0-4. He's 88 of 158 for a completion percentage of 55.7 for 873 yards. He's got one touchdown with six picks and two lost fumbles, which is one touchdown to eight turnovers. Maybe he'll start the season, but he ain't the quarterback. Guaranteed. Well, no, not long term. He's, he's Even at the for end of the his season. He's but not. If you look at what the Cincinnati Bengals were from the time of that icky shuffle, Boomer Esiason Super Bowl run until such time as Andy Dalton got there, it really is miraculous what he did. Even in that. That being said, here's my problem with this whole conversation and why almost it seems silly that this is a conversation. Of course, Andy Matt Nagy is saying Andy Dalton's the starter. 
Of course he's saying that. You know why he's saying that? Justin Fields has never taken a snap of in a minicamp yet. They have no idea what they got with this kid. True. And he can talk about the plan and this and that. If they go out and camp and in preseason games and Justin Fields looks like he did at Ohio State, they will not only will they cut Andy Dalton, they might have him murdered. It, it, it This is all nonsense of right now. This is nonsense. This is nonsense. And why people are getting so in a twist and they're trying to assign, you know, holding Justin Fields back and, the, you know, all the political nonsense. No, of course, right now, it's the same reason Bill Belichick is saying, of course, Cam Newton's the starter. If, if Mac Jones has a good camp, maybe he's the starter. We've never seen these guys. Guys play professional football before. Yeah. So anyhow, what was the question? It is a fact that he starts in week right. one, I think. Because Fields, is, he's got a lot to learn. I think he's going to be a decent sure pro. He does. But he, he's probably further away than any of the other quarterbacks drafted at, at this point. Most likely. Yeah. Just based yeah, on right. some about that Ohio State doesn't translate easily into the NFL. Ask Dwayne Haskins. But that type of quarterback translates better to at least to that Bears offense. You're right. Than You're right. Dalton. And what Nagy wants right. to do, it's actually exactly. a really good fit. But I don't know with the limited offseason that they have if it's going to be right away. Right. And to your point, probably more importantly, there's a 27% chance Andy Dalton dies before <laughs> halftime <laughs> of that point. first game yeah. at the hands of Aaron Donald. All right, Rick, fact or fiction, this finally is the year that Father Time catches up with Tom Brady. I think he's fine. Uh, The offense is actually, I think, going to be a little bit better um, just with some of the improvements in the line and so forth. And he just has that conditioning program. It's winding down, I agree, but I, I don't think it's this year yet. Super Bowl, maybe not, but they're certainly going to be contending. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm the one who I come out here and I spout, Father Time is undefeated. Father Time is undefeated. And he is. But I'll tell you what, Tom Brady's giving him a hell of a fight. I just saw nothing last year. I started to feel like in the last two years in New England, even as he was making playoff runs and did he win a championship, two years prior, I can't remember, or in the Super Bowl, whatever it was, I, you were starting to see the decline. I think what we were seeing was the decline of the ability to put an entire team on his shoulders exactly. and will them to seven Super Bowls like, like he That's did he in New England. New England. But with that supporting cast, and this is a team that just won the Super Bowl, they literally brought all 22 starters back. You never see that. Right. I don't see any reason if they can protect him on the offensive line. I I just don't see it. I I want to predict it, right? You want to be the guy who finally gets it right. I saw nothing last year that indicated to me that his skills were declining to a level that you you just keep waiting. And maybe he's going to be the exception. More times than not in the NFL, it is in a steady decline in skills. Right. It's they're they're up here, up high. I'm holding my hand up high for those of you who can't see it. And then it just drops off the table. That's how the NFL goes. Right. Maybe you see a steady decline with him. Maybe he retires while it's still up here. It could be. Yeah, I just we I had don't this know. discussion last year in the preseason, I, I can recall we were talking about Tampa Bay being a contender and so forth, and you got on me because I was 
and it wasn't the arm strength I was talking about, but he still has that accuracy. I was calling him like laser pass. Oh, I got mad at you for that. Yeah. That was still a boneheaded thing to say. But no, but it is. It's just, it's pinpoint accuracy. He just hasn't lost that. And his ability to read defenses and so forth, like you said, barring, you know, some sort of injury, especially like the shoulder or something like that. Uh uh-uh, uh, not this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a slow, what is it, digression, I would guess. Yeah, you regression. Know. Regression. Yes. I'm Let's a bit get of another a one. Oh, you want another one? Oh, All yeah. right. I'm getting hungry. So this might have to be the last one. Oh, we're going back to that. We're probably getting close. Maybe in August we need to do a fantasy show, I think. Oh, we're going. Well, you said once start training camp starts. We're doing it. All right. We'll you do that. It. All right. Fact or fiction. Last one, Rick. Urban Meyer is going to be a legitimate NFL head coach. It's a possibility. I think there's enough talent in Jacksonville where, he, you know, it's not like he's walking into like a Jets organization. <laughs> well, that doesn't work out well for anybody. No. But Urban Meyer has to change his raw, raw, kick-ass approach into the pros. Right. You, you've you got to sit back being a college coach, and you better take a blueprint from Pete Carroll and coach these guys up and talk to them as men not boys under your thumb, right? You know the curfews, the blah blah blah. This ain't Vince Lombardi days anymore. It doesn't work, and he's going to have to has a have a uh, drastic philosophical change, I think. And I don't know if Urban Meyer is going to do that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm going fiction here. Pete Carroll's the exception. He he really is the exception, and that's the biggest thing. A guy that's that successful in college has two things working against him going in the pros, and you hit on both of them, essentially. Number one is when you're in college, you're the dictator, for lack of a better term. These kids' entire future rely upon you being happy, right? You can – you can make all the rules. You can do anything. That stuff doesn't fly into pros. You're dealing with men. And in a lot of cases, not with Urban Meyer, but a lot of cases in the league now, you're dealing with guys older than you sometimes, right? You're right. a leader of men, not a, a head coach as often. And so that stuff doesn't fly. It didn't work with Steve Spurrier. We saw it time and time again, these big-time college football coaches, other than Pete Carroll, come in and they struggle. The other thing that I don't think we talk about enough is when you're the head coach of Ohio State for that long, or say Nick Saban wanted to come back to the NFL, and you were the head coach of Alabama that long, if you're Urban Meyer when you're at Ohio State and your quarterback goes down, you've got four or five five-star recruits, some of them not even dressed, sitting behind that kid. If your top running back goes down, you got six other kids better than 90% of the country sitting behind them. That doesn't exist in the NFL. And look, Trevor Lawrence and everything they've done in Jacksonville's made that team better. Still not a good football team. We have never seen Urban Meyer have to lead a bad football team. That's right. what he's doing. He's taking over a bad football team. So, number one, is he good enough of a coach to overcome that? He might be, right? 
but he doesn't have that depth. He doesn't have that stranglehold on the franchise, on the organization. I hope it works out. I don't know why. He seems like a guy I wouldn't be able to stand. I kind of like Urban Meyer. I don't. I liked him on uh, on was he on Fox? I think he was on their coverage. I thought he did a good job. I love him and Trevor Lawrence together. I think that's perfect with the hot shot rookie quarterback and the college coach. But I just don't see it. And Jacksonville is kind of a vortex of suck anyhow. Ever since the drunk left, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they just really have not been, except for that drunk year with Blake Bortles since the Brunel days. Right. They've really not been significant at all. No. So, all right, is that enough? I'm getting kind of hungry. It's up to our producer. I'm not sure. The mopey one over there. Oh, he's got Frank Gore up on the screen. Why is Frank Gore up on your screen? I was just wondering if he was going to make a cut this year. Oh, he, he's going to play again. He wants to go back to San Francisco, but that that backfield just doesn't allow it. Nah. He's the modern-day Fred Jackson. He'll be somewhere, taking half the carries. Oh, I forgot about Fred Jackson. <laughs> yeah. no, remember, it was who was it? Travis Henry. It was C.J. Spiller, mm-hmm. whoever was always going to be the guy. And nobody and could Fred ever. Fred Jackson always had half the carries. Yep. He was a great fantasy late-round pickup that you could plug in on oh, a bye week. Oh, you know, yeah, easily. He'd get you a few. All right, well, that's enough. You are so welcome that I am back and have saved the show once again, single-handedly making this the chaos and disorder that you love. Check us out on the tweeters at Chaos and Disorder, Chaos and Disorder Pod on Facebook. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. See, he's not even playing some clever outro song. He's in a funk today. I was going to play Social Distortions, I Was Wrong, but I figured it would be missed. I wouldn't miss it. I know of Social Distortion. I'm just very disappointed at the whole attitude from our producer from the control room. Did you and Mitch have have it out or something? He whooped my ass. No, he does do that. <laughs> it's kind of his thing. Yeah, I mean, what'd you say to the guy? I said I liked his shoes. Yeah, you can't say you that. You don't know about him and his shoes. No. Okay. <laughs> Rookie <laughs> mistake. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll tell you off air why you don't comment on Mitch's shoes. So, quick throwback to Mr. Kepka. Yeah. He, uh... Between the Masters, PGA Championship, U.S. Open, and the Open Championship, how many times do you think he came in third place? Three. Seven. Zero. Oh. First place finishes are four, second place three, top five, 12, but never third. So in the Open, if you can find that prop, bet on him to finish third because you just put it out there in the ether, so it's going to happen. There you go. And on that note, hasta luego. Bye, horse.